Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sam, quoting from your story, Canada is an attractive and permissive target for Chinese interference that endangers the foundations of our fundamental institutions, including our system of democracy itself. This is according to a recent National Security Review. Uh, the review also says, quote, for years, Canadian security intelligence services have investigated and reported on the threat of foreign interference, but unlike Canada's Western intelligence allies, Ottawa hasn't responded with strong countermeasures. Could you speak to that, please? Yeah, what we found uh, in the report is there is a lot of evidence. There's also a lot of redactions but we were able to go to the experts that uh, have visibility and have had for years on intelligence reporting internationally and expertise in China to explain the threat to us. And really it comes down to this. Canada is a permissive target for money reasons. Uh, what China is engaged in is something called uh, elite capture, the experts tell us. And really what that means is they use their growing wealth and power to, to target the people they think can influence uh, Canadian society and influence it in the direction of Chinese Communist Party policy. The result of that is, uh, the experts told us, people start making decisions or advocating for, for things that go against Canada's democratic values. You may even start to see... Uh, influential persons making decisions in Canada that have been influenced through sweetheart deals uh, made sometimes under the table with the Chinese Communist Party. So that really blew me away. Canada is a permissive target. We had to find out why, and it really comes down to the Chinese Communist Party's very broad, very patient, and very aggressive interference uh, campaigns that are working in Canada They've started to be countered in countries like Australia and more strongly in the United States as well. So I guess the next question is, why are we not as effective as our allies? There's a few answers to that. What we've found is it seems that this elite capture strategy could be working. So how it works is you might have a, a, a very high level former government official or elected official they uh, leave office and suddenly they get offers to consult for a company that may be state-owned in China. Maybe they join a law firm that does a lot of business with, uh, with Chinese entities. And what the experts told us is uh, over time, you start to see people writing these op-eds uh, about, let's just say, matters like uh, we should release Huawei executive Man Wanzhou and, and reward uh, China's hostage diplomacy. The experts would say that could be an example of powerful Canadians that are starting to advocate against Canada's interests. Why hasn't Canada acted? Well, uh, this is what the Intelligence Committee review put forward, a solution. We could do what Australia did in 2018, and that is you start to move in the direction of how the lobbying industry works or is supposed to work. You as a politician, current or former, you need to register uh, and, and declare if you have any business interests with Australia. So for a quick example, uh, I've learned that Australia's former trade minister, going out the revolving door once he was out of office, took an $880,000 paid gig with a Chinese-linked uh, company, 
when Australia had their new uh, transparency laws coming in 2018, this person uh, uh, quietly and, and, and quickly dropped that position because, uh, you know, in Australia, if you advocate for China and uh, you're not uh, transparent about it, you could face jail. So, Sam, great story, as always, uh, that you provide us. You also spoke with uh, David McGinty, Member of Parliament, Liberal MP, and Chair of the National Security and Intelligence Committee for this country. When you raised this with Mr. McGinty, what did he tell you? Well, uh, understandably, he was uh, very circumspect, uh, somewhat guarded in his interview, and uh, he, he said that, and I pressed him for answers. Why does there seem to be so much intelligence in Canada so that, that uh, our country has become a permissive target and yet we don't see strong counteraction against China's interference? He would only uh, uh, quote sections of the report because it, it's such sensitive material. Again, this is from CSIS, many redactions. And uh, he, he chose to read a line. I'll paraphrase it. It said, uh, China is successfully undermining Western democracies by using its deep coffers. They create long-term dependent relations with other countries by, by using money, not by using their communist ideology. And that's how democracy is eroded. So that's the answer Mr. McGinty gave me. And uh, with that information and with our expert interviews internationally and our sources, we we could read into that comment and, and tell you exactly what uh, what I've been saying. We're a permissive target, allegedly, because elite, powerful Canadians have essentially been um, uh, bought off, if we can put it that way. Well, I don't, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody, but we have a very interesting week underway with uh, three letters, open letters, dealing with uh, Meng Wanzhou. And uh, one of the letters, signed by 19 people, or is calling for an abrogation, if you will, of our extradition treaty with the United States and the release of Meng Wanzhou. And the Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson has hinted that perhaps the two Michaels, Kovrig and Spavor, may be released as a counter good gesture or goodwill gesture. It raises many, many questions about uh, just what China might be up to. And again, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but the timing is very interesting, Sam. The timing is incredibly interesting when you see a very um, poignant and, and painful set of interviews from the family of uh, Michael Kovrig come out. Uh, you know, they they exercising their right to go to the media and say this is horrific. We, we want him released. Something needs to be done. Uh, Canada should release Mun. You can't really, uh, Ms. Mun, you can't really fault a family uh, suffering such pain. But then in quick succession, we hear from the Chinese government saying the same thing. And we hear from, as you say, 19, uh, 19 you know, powerful Canadians. Many of them, uh, you know, I've observed, as have others, come from the, the Jean Chrétien area of, uh, era of the Liberal uh, Party in power. And if I can make this further observation, I, it's pretty clear that, you know, when I talked to David Mulroney, the former ambassador to China, he said there are there are very senior uh, Canadian uh, former politicians that have serious business dealings with China. And uh, we have to be clear, Jean Chrétien would be one of those. Uh, Mr. Mulroney didn't point his finger at Mr. Chrétien, but, uh, it, you know, 
we the corporate records and some reporting show us there are serious, serious business linkages between some people like Mr. Krishan and elite uh, red princeling families in China. Yeah. Sam, you have, uh, in a previous story, you wrote about and spoke about the United Front Networks that China operates, and they operate them in this country and they operate them internationally. And you also wrote in your current story that an analyst with the Australian Strategic Policy Institute released a report aimed at helping international journalists identify and demystify these United Front Networks. What's the takeaway here? Uh, the takeaway is, uh, yes, I, I reported on uh, an international effort in which the United Front, which is directed from Beijing, uh, it meddles in diaspora communities, Chinese-Canadian communities, uh, Chinese immigrant communities worldwide, and through uh, consulates in countries worldwide in, during the pandemic, it leveraged groups that are controlled by this United Front in Beijing and uh, mobilized uh, N95 mask operation where these masks were, were sent to China. So for me, that was an, an illustration of how China can mobilize its united front. And we have to be extremely clear there. Uh, most Chinese Canadians that, that, that we have talked to want nothing to do with that operation, nor with the Chinese government. However, there is increasing money from Beijing being poured into these united front networks it worked in the pandemic to gather uh, PPE. Experts tell us it works in the same way to gather uh, IP, that's intellectual property from uh, Canadian high-tech companies, strategic resources. So that was a warning sign, my report saying, uh, what can flow to China from Canada through the United Front? But uh, Mr. Josky's report, which I cited, reiterated that China worldwide was successful using the United Front in the PPE operations. Other interesting things that I found uh, uh, and cited, he reported that this United Front is, is it's aimed at driving a wedge between Chinese immigrants and their, country, their adopted countries where they have become excellent citizens, but China doesn't respect that citizenship. Uh, so that's a huge problem for Canada's multicultural society. Chinese Canadians have told us they, they feel threatened, monitored by Beijing because of this. Furthermore, uh, I cited what Mr. Josky said, that the United Front uses the legal to mask the illegal, and it hides intelligence operations. So I'm just trying to continue digging into this network. It, it only becomes more nefarious uh, the more I read reports worldwide and the more I see in my own investigations in Canada. Sam, just tremendous reporting. I've said this before. You really are an outstanding investigative journalist, and we're learning a lot that we need to know in this country about the relationship that we have with China, the real one, and the relationship China has with us. And then there's the, the other relationship that you've been explaining to us, and we are a permissive target for, for the Chinese Communist Party and for Beijing. Always great talking to you, Sam. Thank you so much for the time today. Thanks so much to you too, Roy. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.